At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea. Totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of 7th Generation. Find 7th Generation laundry detergent and fresh lavender and other scents at 7thGeneration.com. Through 25 seasons, hey! 4,561 episodes. I believe The Oprah Winfrey Show was one of the greatest classrooms in the world. I really never thought of it that way. The aha moments, the breakthroughs, the LOLs, the connections, the occasional ugly cry. I miss him so terribly. I miss him every single minute. The moments that mattered. The eye-opening life lessons. Never allow them to take you somewhere else. I'm bringing them back. It's time to open the vault. I've personally chosen these classic episodes to share with you again. Every single person you ever will meet shares that common desire. They want to know, do you see me? Do you hear me? Does what I say mean anything to you? You are listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. We got a lot of dads here today. And Larry Shine is just one of America's unsung heroes. He's also one of the 2.5 million single fathers in this country doing it all on their own. Now meet Larry Shine plus nine. This is the Shine family, Larry and his nine children. This family started out fairly typical with two parents, Kate and Larry, and their baby boy, Henry. And then cancer turned their world upside down. Henry was two and a half when she died. The year after she died, I was just so immersed in, in the tragedy of, uh, of her death. And I was just so overwhelmed by it. Then I thought, I can't live like this anymore. I can't have this be our life. I wanted Henry to have another uh, a sibling. And so that's what I decided to do. Let's figure out whose is what, OK? Whose is whose? It was very difficult, well, actually impossible to, for a single male to adopt in the United States. So I explored two other avenues. A widower with a young son, Larry applied for both international adoption and surrogacy. Miraculously, months later, both worked out. Ari's from Paraguay, Hallie's my biological daughter. He was now the single parent to three, but still had room in his heart for more. Eli, Lily, Sophia, Genevieve, Simone, and Lucia, and I adopted from Guatemala. I never thought I'd be a father of nine. Never, never imagined it. Actually, I never imagined that I'd be a father. I never have, and I never do, hopefully never will, think in terms of my adopted children, my biological children. They're all my kids. Our home isn't built on being adopted. It's built on being a family. Maybe this all happened for a purpose, you know, because if, if Kate hadn't have died, I never would have done what I did, and these kids wouldn't have had a home. Well, can you imagine getting nine kids ready for school every day by yourself? To pull off that feat, Larry starts his mornings at about 
a.m. The first thing I do when I get up in the morning, whether it's three or four, is to make myself a pot of coffee. The minute I wake up, I start thinking of all the things I need to do. Obviously, the laundry. I do about 25 loads of laundry a week. Making school lunches, getting snacks for book bags, checking book bags for homework, activities, clean the kitchen, get the dog fed, try to get everything done that I can before I have to get the kids up. And then, of course, we have to get dinner going. There's one recipe that all my kids eat and love. Baked ZT. Paula Dean's got nothing on me. And I also have to make brownies because Simone is star student this week and she needs to bring in a snack today. On school days, Larry wakes the children up in two shifts. Okay, it's about 6.22 and I'm a couple minutes behind schedule. It's time to get the first shift going. So here we go. They're on their own. They gotta get down here in 10 to 15 minutes. You've gotta hurry. Come on girls, let's finish up. Bye, Dad. Bye guys. Bye, Dad. Have a good day. Well, we're getting ready to get shift number two into gear. All the little girls are have to get up now and get ready for school. Bus comes at 8.45, and uh, they need some time to get ready. Do you have a good sleep? Hi, Simone. Come on, you too tired? Okay, you can sleep a little bit longer. Can you say good morning, Lucia? Hello. <laughs> Okay, girls, it's time to get ready to go. Let's go. Big tail number one, here it comes. Come on, let's get going. You ready? Let's go, girls. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye, Dad. Bye, Dad. Bye, guys. At the UPS store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of 7th Generation. Find 7th Generation laundry detergent and fresh lavender and other scents at 7thGeneration.com. Please welcome the Shine family, starting with Dad. Coming out, Larry, 19-year-old Henry, 16-year-old Ari, 15-year-old Holly, 13-year-old Eli. Eight year old Genevieve, five year old Simone, three year old Lucia, and Betty the Bulldog. Good gracious. Oh, and Betty the Bulldog. Hello, family. Hi. 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 How are you? So I hear that, uh, wow. <laughs> That's as good a word as any. Yeah. <laughs> Getting the girls ready in the morning can be uh, uh, something. It's, it's, a, it's a struggle, especially with the younger ones who change their mind about what they want uh, 20 times before we decide on an outfit. So I see the clock running and the bus coming down the road and we're still deciding on what color tights we're gonna wear. <laughs> so tell me, th tell me this, so how do you t take care of all these children? When do you work? 
Uh, well, I, I... Outside the home. Outside the home. When the second bus picks up the uh, younger kids at uh, quarter of nine, I leave and drop Lucia off at daycare, and then I go to work uh, all day and uh -huh. come back and pick her up when daycare closes at six, and uh, then head home. So you work as an attorney? Yes, I do. I'm a corporate attorney with uh, Frost, Brown and Todd, yes. Yeah, are you the only uh, single dad there? Uh, I am, yes, actually. Uh -huh. and, and are they understanding of when, you know, kids have colds or you... Yeah, it's a very, it's a very sort of uh, warm and, and sort of family-oriented uh, firm, so that, that they're, they're very supportive. So what were some of the challenges that your children faced as they were, you know, first came to you? Well, uh, three of them in particular had challenges. Like Eli, his arm was broken as an infant while he was in foster care, and it, and it either wasn't set or wasn't set correctly. Uh, so when he came home, he, it was both in that formation and also twisted. And when he was three, he had a, an extensive orthopedic surgery, which was very successful. He's a very good athlete, so we were very fortunate in that respect. Lily had... Uh, Lily? Is right here. Okay. Hi, Lily. Lily came to us at eight months, and she had what was called a failure to thrive syndrome, which she just wasn't. Uh, connecting and moving forward, but uh, moving into our home and our environment, she didn't have any chance not to move forward. And after about three months, it all kicked in, and she the doors opened up for her, and she's great. And then the third issue we had was with Simone, who had, uh, was speech delayed. Simone. Simone is right here. Okay, hi. And she so she had speech therapy for about six months, and sometimes I wish that I hadn't given her the speech therapy. <laughs> Okay, and I hear all the kids are involved in sports. Hello, Betty. Uh, all the kids are involved in sports. You smelled my dog. Mm -hmm. uh, so all the kids are involved in uh, sports and activities. How do you keep it all straight? Uh, well, you know, first of all, there's just, you're, you, I sort of have a gut conditioning to, to, you know, a gut feel of what's going on. But that, the gut feel isn't enough to make it all work. I also have a grease board in the kitchen that I write down in detail what everybody's schedule is uh, on a daily basis so that we know who needs to go where and, he, and who needs to be at what place at what time. Wow. So was there, is nine it? Uh, <laughs> Henry just I've got, I've got quite a uh, variety of opinions here. Uh, you know, I thought five was it. I thought six was it. My sense is that nine is probably it for a lot of reasons. International adoption is a lot more difficult. I'm older. The profile for, it's difficult for a single male to adopt mm -hmm. uh, overseas as well as in the United States. And I, my sense is, is that the opportunities are probably, well, I've been given a lot of opportunities. And if it happened again, I'd have a hard time saying no, I'll say that. Okay, Henry, I saw you roll your eyes. <laughs> and that meant what? Um, nine is enough? Nine would be enough, just because I think uh, we're at a pretty full limit right now. And uh, the other thing is, I, you know, now that I'm in school, I'd like to be around if there's going to be another sibling. Okay. Uh -huh. Lucia, I got to spend about six months with her before I went to school, and I hope, uh, I, I hope she's my youngest, right? <laughs> Youngest, right. youngest sister. Okay, so how did you feel? Did you discuss it with Henry in the beginning when you first started to add siblings? Well, he was two and a, uh, two, he was two and a half when Kate died, three and a half, almost four when we adopted Ari. I did discuss it with him. Uh, of course, he obviously had a sort of a perception of a, a yeah. inf, uh, younger child. And uh, I've learned never to tell any of them anything too soon, you know, because yes. I, I don't want to hear it and I, don't want to, and I don't want the world to know about my personal life, which kids talk, you know? Yes. And so I always try to... Oh, do they now? <laughs> so I always try to pick the time, the, I don't know if it's the best time, but the appropriate time to, to tell them about this. So do, were you always welcoming of other brothers and sisters, Henry? I'd like to think so. I hope so. I'm not sure Ari and I got along the best uh, at a young age, but as I, you know, grew up and learned what was going on, I was very proud of my dad for what he's done.
Attorney Larry Shine, a single dad, puts in a full day at the office <laughs> and then comes home to nine children. Hey, guys. Yay! Say hi. Got to save your voice for the musical tonight. Let's go, guys. No, Betty. No, 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 no. Hello. Hello. Okay, guys. Yeah, are you cold? Here we go. There you go, guys. Got to head out and get Eli at soccer. You did such a great job. Did you have fun doing it? Last stop of the evening, we're going to Eli's uh, soccer practice and pick him up. Go, Eli! Go after it, Eli, you got it! That's it, chase it, Eli! It's yours! Good night. Good night, Daddy. Close eyes. Good night, Daddy. That's the Shine family. 19-year-old Henry is the oldest and a sophomore at Notre Dame. Uh, so you were saying that you're pretty part proud of your father. Definitely. Yeah, and what do you admire the most? Uh, just how selfless he is. I've never met anybody else who puts other people before them uh, like he does. Mm -hmm. Wow. Eli, when you first came into the family, was, did you feel you know, shy? Did you feel welcomed immediately? Well, I was at such a young age, I couldn't remember. Mm -hmm. But now I spend so much time with my brothers and sisters, and I love them all. And we come closer together every day, it seems. That's great. So, Hallie, Hallie, there you are. Yeah. You're the oldest girl. Uh-huh. Do you sometimes feel like you're the mother figure to everybody? Yeah, I do kind of feel like that sometimes because, well, obviously, I have to show my sisters and talk to them about things that my dad wouldn't do the best job at. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, where's Sophia? Okay, and you share a room with four of your sisters, right? Yeah. What's that like? Um, it's fun. At night, we talk when we're going to bed. So me and Jen talk a lot and play. Oh, okay. And we're supposed to go, go to bed. I hear it's hard to get places on time, Ari, right? Most definitely, especially <laughs> with everyone doing something different. I don't know even know how you keep that schedule. Yeah. Not perfect. Not perfect. OK, and then when did Betty come join the family? Betty joined us. She, she'll be five in May. She, she, she arrived between. Betty's the bulldog. Betty's yeah. the bulldog, the tired bulldog. Betty arrived between Genevieve, Genevieve and Simone. The kids love her. But she is. This is what you're seeing now. This is her all the time. All the time. <laughs> except, except when she gets up to eat. And so, you know, what do you want to share with us? I mean, do you feel like, you know, your son was saying that you're the most selfless person? Do you feel that yourself? What? What made you do this? Your heart just kept opening up, opening up? Well, it's, uh, I am a fairly, I, uh, I am more comfortable doing something for somebody else than myself. I mean, I'm, I don't want to paint my, I'm certainly a martyr and I certainly do, have, you know, there are certain things I enjoy in life, but I'm more comfortable in the role of doing something for mm -hmm. someone else. I think, particularly with adopt, adopting the kids overseas, when I went, went to Paraguay the first time to adopt Ari and saw all the kids who didn't have homes and who didn't have a place to go at night, I just thought, this isn't right, that a kid, and of course we have issues in the United States too, but uh, I, as I said, I couldn't adopt in the United States being a, a single male. And I, I just, and I enjoyed the experience. Genevieve, where's Genevieve? I hear your dad makes you laugh. Yeah, he dances to us and he goes, ah. <laughs> <laughs> And sometimes we laugh with him and sometimes we laugh at him. <laughs> <laughs> All in good fun. Well, it's been a pleasure to meet the Shine family plus nine. Thank you.
At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of 7th Generation. Find 7th Generation laundry detergent and fresh lavender and other scents at 7thGeneration.com. We're saluting all these great dads. We read about this next unforgettable dad in Good Old People magazine. 31-year-old Matt Loglin has just marked one of the greatest accomplishments of his life. In a tragic and sudden turn of events, he has just completed his first year as a single father. This is the one photo that I have with Madeline and Liz. This is it. It was supposed to be the happiest time of their lives. I started this blog as a way to kind of let my friends and family back in Minnesota know that not only was Liz doing okay, but the baby was doing okay as well. Madeline was born at 11.56 a.m., March 24th, 2008, uh, at a bruising three pounds, 13 and a half ounces. That was the 24th. And there was no good news after that, really. The nurses came in and said, we're ready to take you to go see Madeline. She went to sit down, and right as she was about to sit down in the chair, she said, uh, I feel a little lightheaded. And then she dropped, and that was it. And she just, she fell to the ground. But I could tell pretty quickly that there was something seriously wrong. I didn't, I could never imagine what was about to happen. In minutes, Liz was killed by a deadly blood clot no one knew she had. Losing my wife, um, somebody I was with for over 12 years, she's my best friend, she was everything to me. Matt's friend posted an update on his blog to share the awful news. The next update is on March 28th, and it's Liz's obituary. Elizabeth Ann Loglin was born uh, September 1977 in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and was abruptly taken from our lives on March 25th, 2008. Her joyful spirit, infectious smile touched everyone she met. She is survived by her loving husband, Matt, and her precious daughter, Madeline. It's too much to deal with. It really is. I just can't. It's too much to even think about. With no time to mourn, Matt found himself all alone with his new baby girl, Maddie. Right after Liz died, I had to go straight in, and I had to feed her. I mean, she had to eat. I had to change her diapers. And you know, life didn't stop when Liz died, and I had to make sure that I was taking care of these things. I didn't know what I was going to do. I literally didn't know if I was going to be able to live this, you know, live through this. Between late night feedings, Matt poured his heartache into his online journal. If I write it, I can get it off my chest, I can get it out of my mind, and I can forget about it. Matt was surprised to learn that tens of thousands of complete strangers from all over our country had become captivated by his online journal. I never imagined anybody other than, you know, my parents and Liz's parents would read this thing. I talk about my struggles both sort of emotionally and physically with this stuff. And I talk about the times that Madeline has crapped on my hand. I talk about the times that I've forgotten diapers or formula or whatever. Liz had read all the books. She had done everything that she, uh, you know, everything that we needed to do to make sure that this baby was gonna be taken care of properly. And so right after she died, I thought, my God, she took all the knowledge with her. 
So Matt used his blog to seek parenting advice, to post his fears and his joys about fatherhood, and of course, the latest pictures of his precious Maddie. What I started to realize is that there were a lot of people who were coming back over and over again because they were invested in, you know, in Madeline's life and in my life now. Matt was stunned by the outpouring of support from total strangers. All of this stuff that's in here was given to us. I, I have not purchased one thing in here. I'm surprised because I didn't, you know, write this blog hoping to get stuff from people. I'm, I'm a pretty cynical person. And so to have total strangers giving us stuff and wanting to make sure that we're okay all the time was just incredible. Now, just one year after Liz's death, Matt and Maddie seem to be doing just fine on their own. <laughs> I have to be her mom in a lot of ways, uh, including doing this. Well, nobody expects me to be able to pull off a cute outfit for her. It's something that, you know, Liz was really proud of and would have wanted Maddie to have. The socks match the outfit, the bow matches the outfit, the pants, you know, I always like to put jeans under a dress. I never imagined that if I lost Liz that I'd be having to take care of a baby too. And if it weren't for Madeline, I mean, she saved my life. If it weren't for her, I wouldn't be here right now. Wow. That was beautiful. Thank really you. beautiful. Thank you. And so, is it true that you joined a mommy group? I did, yeah. I joined a mommy group. They, they sort of adopted me and yeah. uh, took me in and, and made sure that I was not screwing things up too, too terribly. Did it change? I mean, I don't know whether you'd even thought about what women do, single women do, in this country raising kids, but obviously it certainly altered your respect level. It, it certainly did, yeah. It's a, it's a very difficult job. It's not something I ever anticipated doing on my own. And so when, when I did you know, have to start parenting Madeline by myself, it completely changed my perspective on all of this stuff. Yeah, I thought it was interesting you said that yeah, Liz had read all the books, yeah. you know, what to expect when you're expecting yep. and, and then what to do in stage one and when the baby turns two and all that. And you were just sort of letting her handle all of that. Well, I was letting her handle all of that because we had very different parenting philosophies, mm -hmm. I think. She was going to be very uh, sort of rigid and regimented with uh, how we were going to raise our daughter, whereas I was going to let her eat sticks and pick up leaves and put them in her mouth. And so I was probably going to do all the things I wasn't supposed to do. But I think uh, the balance there would have been really good. So uh, without that balance, I've had to do both. I've had to be a little bit more strict in the way that I do things, but I still let her eat sticks and leaves from time to time. So. <laughs> and so I heard you were most surprised by getting, as you said on the tape, all of this response and even donations from people you didn't, yeah. that didn't even know you. Yeah, I, I, at one point I got 42 packages on my doorstep in one day, uh, all from strangers. And I'm not sure how they got my address and we'll, concerned about that. Um, but, but they really, I mean, it was this outpouring of support, nothing that I ever expected, nothing that I ever wanted. I live in a very small house, uh, and there's no room for anything left. Uh, I, I can't put anything else in my house anymore. So uh, it, it was a big, big surprise to have these people sort of reaching out and wanting to do things for us. They've given us money, they've given us toys, they've given us clothes. I got some beer. <laughs> Lots of beer, actually. Lots of beer. You're gonna need that, brother. Yeah, yeah I certainly did. And so, you know, with all of that, you know, we, we've tried to do as much as we can to give back. Um, you know, we've donated all of the clothes that no longer fit and the toys that we couldn't use. We've given those off to uh, different organizations around Los Angeles. And uh, we've been given a lot of money as well. And we've tried to give that away as much as we possibly can as well. So. Did you set up, a, I heard you set up a foundation. Yeah, we set up a foundation in my wife's name. And you've been giving it to widows? Yeah, widows and widowers with children. And so um, it, they don't necessarily have to be married. Um, we're, we're considering life partners as well. So anybody that was in a relationship with somebody and had a child, and if one of those partners passed away, uh, we're trying to, to give some, some money to those folks and help them through sort of the darkest hours. Uh, we have no restrictions on how the money is used. We don't care if it's for bills or if you want to go on buy vacation, cute buy cute outfits, whatever yeah. it might be, whatever's yeah. going to get you through those first few days. 
we want to make sure that we're, um, we're helping in that, that respect. Wow. Well, thank you for being here. How's Maddie? She's doing great. She just woke up from a nap, so. Just woke up from a nap. <laughs> <laughs> Gregory Maguire is the author of the best-selling novel that gave birth to Broadway's Wicked, and his husband, Andy Newman, is an internationally acclaimed painter. And here's why there's no place like home for these two working dads and their three children. It was just about five years ago, a same-sex marriage became legal in Massachusetts, and we were married over here and down and out there. There were probably about 125 guests. Helen carried a little bouquet. The kids gave us away. Gregory and Andy say as soon as they fell in love, they knew they wanted to be fathers together. Here's a picture of Luke actually sitting in one of the suitcases we used as we came back from Cambodia. He's about 15 months or so. Luke's arrival from Cambodia is in 1997. Alex's from Cambodia, it's in 2000. And Helen's from Guatemala, it's in 2001. I wanted this to be by the front door. It's the arrival of these children right here that defines this household. The McGuire Newman household is similar to others in America. I'll get you right, I'll get you Two working parents juggling kids, carpools, and play dates. Okay, Alex, now you. Two of the children are having fish sticks. Alex is having a cheese omelet. I generally do more of the cooking for the children. Thank you for the dessert and dinner. Oh, it's a pleasure, Helen. Yes. A pleasure. <laughs> You're welcome. Gregory, a best-selling author, and Andy, a successful artist, say they're grateful they can work from home to be with the kids. This is my study over the garage. Uh, it's a little bit separate from the kids' bedrooms so that I can work at night. Having two dads might seem unconventional, but it's all Luke, Alex, and Helen have ever known. We do all the things that a dad and a mom are traditionally expected to do. So it's been a surprising non-issue here, much more so than we would have imagined. It's, it's very interesting. That's Dada and that's Baba. In our household, Andy is called Dada, and my name for the children is Ba, which is the Khmer word for father. Okay. Come on, honey. You in your pajamas? The very name of Toad. Oh, wise old badger. He said. Oh, clever, intelligent rat, and sensible mole. Good night. Good night. Right from the beginning, which was nice. Now will be the time where we can catch yeah, up. Oh, One routine Andy and Gregory cherish. After the kids go to bed and the house grows quiet, they share a candlelight dinner alone. People will stop us on the street and say, oh, aren't the kids lucky? And we think, no, we're the lucky ones. We're really, we're really the lucky ones. Well, Andy's Skyping from their home in Massachusetts. Gregory's in New York, where he's on spring break with their oldest son, Luke, this week. Hey, guys. Hello there. Uh, hi. So, uh, Andy, were you nervous about how your community would uh, react when you adopted the children? Well, I didn't really know what to expect, and uh, almost immediately I was pleasantly surprised because right from the start, whether it was neighbors or whether it was people in the stores or supermarket, you name it, everybody seemed to be very enthusiastic and very much on board. So before you all adopted the children, did you explain to them that it was going to be a two-dad situation and not a dad-mom situation? They were not old enough really to appreciate that, I don't think. I, I imagine from their perspectives, we were just the two adults 
or as uh, Gregory said it the other day, the uh, valet in the red coat and the valet in the green coat. <laughs> so Gregory, what have your children said to you about having two dads? Have you, you obviously talked to them about it? Well, I bring up the subject maybe once every three months or so just to remind them that it is legitimate to talk about. But in fact, the children live it naturally as they breathe oxygen naturally. Sometimes Luke will even suggest, look, you might ask me what it's like to breathe the air on a different planet, but I don't live on a different planet. I live here, I breathe oxygen, and you are my dads. Well, very, very wise that Luke. Skyping in for our Unforgettable Dad Show. Gregory is the mastermind behind Wicked. That's the big hit Broadway musical. It's such an inventive and beautiful story full of powerful life lessons. Gregory, I understand certain themes run through all, throughout all of your books, really. It's true. I didn't realize it at first, but I tend to write stories about characters who have a difficulty at the beginning of their lives. Sometimes it's a wicked witch green. Sometimes it's a tooth fairy who gets separated from his tribe. Most recently, it was the Cowardly Lion and the story about how he got to be called a Cowardly Lion. I understand your mother died when you were born and that, you know, greatly influenced your decision to adopt? My mother died in childbirth, so I've been fascinated to listen to the rest of this show and to admire the other gentlemen who've been on the show. If I hadn't wanted to have children of my own up to date, I would want to right now. Those gentlemen are very inspiring. Would you want nine? Well, I'll talk to Andy about that off the camera. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, I hear your mom influenced you too, your decision to become a father, yes, losing that, your mom, that, yeah. That's quite true. Um, my mother uh, died of about 10, 11 years ago of breast cancer. And uh, in the final uh, six months when we spent a lot of time together, that was what turned me around uh, about adoption. Prior to that, Gregory I was quite keen and I was sort of on the fence. And then as I was uh, spending that time with my mother, it became more and more evident to me that she had given so much and I wouldn't be here if not for her, and that I thought, you know, now it's my turn to do this for some children of our own. Wow. And you all met over uh, a painting? Your painting, Andy, right, Gregory? You we fell in love with one of his paintings. Absolutely. We were at an arts colony together, and I was working on a novel about Cinderella and about the values of beauty, but something was wrong. I met Andy. He introduced me to his work. There was a painting of a person of great compassion circling and enfolding someone who needed help. I fell in love with the painting and I knew that the beauty of charity is indeed the most important beauty. It was the answer to my novel's question and it was the answer to my life too. Because I fell in love with Andy about two weeks after I fell in love with his painting. Wow, beautiful. Now the painting hangs in your house. It does. Wow. Well, thank you both, Gregory and Andy. Say goodbye to each other, too. Bye, Andy. Luke is doing fine. He's eating his vegetables. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow. And now I'll wrap the uh, birthday present for Helen. Great. OK, dears. OK, bye. <laughs> Listen to these words from a father to his unborn son. Be humble about your accomplishments. Work harder than the man next to you. It's all right for boys to cry. Sometimes crying can release a lot of pain and stress.
Never be ashamed to cry. It has nothing to do with your manhood. Well, here's the story of the unforgettable dad who wrote these words. I met Charles in 1998. He was so not my type, but he had the kindest heart and the, the kindest spirit of anybody I've ever met. Charles and Dana fell in love and decided to have a baby. Dana was pregnant when Charles was deployed to Iraq, but before he left, she gave him a gift. I bought a journal uh, for Charles when I was about five and a half months pregnant. I thought, you know, God forbid something happens to him over there. Maybe he'll write down a few messages for the baby. And he became consumed with it. Charles was in Iraq when Dana gave birth to their son, Jordan. Six months later, Charles was given two weeks leave so he could come home and meet his baby boy. I remember calling uh, the doorman in our building and saying, when he gets here, call, let me know. And so he let me know when Charles was on the elevator and I opened the door and he, he walked out and he was wearing his uniform. And I said, come here, daddy, meet your son. And I, I gave Jordan to him. It was, other than giving birth to Jordan, it was the happiest moment of my life. It was a very full two weeks. I mean, he fed him, he changed his diaper, he played with him, he took him to story time at the bookstore. It was incredible. And this picture, just look at how he's looking at his daddy. I love that. They just bonded. The night before he returned to Iraq, Charles wrote in his journal once more. The next day, he kissed Dana and Jordan goodbye. That kiss would be their final goodbye because six weeks later, Charles was killed in a roadside bombing in Iraq just one month before his tour was over, one month. Charles was gone, but his words would live on in the journal that he left behind for his son. The journal is uh, over 200 pages, and in it, Charles writes everything from the power of prayer to his favorite foods. He writes about how to treat a lady. Dear Jordan, <laughs> how do you treat a woman? If you take her out on a date, treat her like a queen. Women are extraordinary people. Learn all you can from them. He writes about what Jordan should look for in a wife. Look at your mother. That will tell you what I like in a woman. How to handle racial discrimination. Um, what to do if he gets his heart broken by a girl. I want Jordan to feel like this, is, this book is a conversation with his dad. When he gets his heart broken, he'll be able to hear from him about that. And so whatever he needs, I'm hopeful that he'll be able to find it in here in his dad's voice. Do you know who wrote this book for you? Uh-huh. Oh, Daddy. Hey, Jordan, huh? what color are your eyes? Blue. OK, bless. Daddy wrote blue eyes. Son, you're an African-American. Always be proud of who you are. But let your character and deeds shine in everything you do. When I read this journal, it feels to me like he's still alive. You know, I can feel where he pressed the pen down in this journal. Um, and I hear his voice when I read it. So he's still with us. He's still with us. And he's, he's, he's here to be Jordan's daddy in, in, the, in the way that he could. I love you, and I love your mother. God bless your father, Charles King. Isn't that nice? Charles tucked this letter in the front of the journal to me. He wrote, hello, Dana. This is the letter that every soldier should write. I want to thank you for our son. Hopefully, he will have enough photos so he will know what his dad looks like. 
For us, life will move on through Jordan. He will be an extension of us and hopefully everything that we stand for. The diary's complete, and I know that you will put it someplace safe until he's old enough to appreciate it. I'd like, like to, to see, see him grow up to be a man. But only God knows what the future holds. Dana Kennedy is a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist and a senior editor at the New York Times. Dana's uh, fiance, First Sergeant Charles King, was killed in Iraq. He left behind his fatherly advice for their son in this handwritten journal. It was a gift that you'd given mm -hmm, to him, right? That's right. Okay. Did you two ever talk about the possible? And then you took what was in this journal and made a book out of it mm -hmm. called Journal for Jordan. Yes. So did you two ever talk about th that letter a soldier should, every soldier should write? We did. He, he, he was going to a war zone. And so we really, the year before he left, were preparing for life and death. Mm. The life that was on the way that we'd created and the possibility that he might not come home. So we talked about it a number of times. You know, I did a show a long time ago with fathers and I never forgot what, uh, there was a, an African-American father on who shared something and it just struck me. He said, every father has a dream for his family. Mm. And, um, you know, I never thought of it that way before, that every man who fathers right. a child, who's a responsible father, carries a dream in his heart mm -hmm. for his child and for his family. And you get to see what that dream was mm -hmm. because he was able to write it down. I just love this moment where he wrote, um, the question was, what would be the most wonderful gift you could receive? And he wrote, to live well. You can do a lot of great things with your life, son. You can make a difference in someone's life. Whatever talent God has blessed you with, use it to the best of your ability. I've made a lot of people happy by giving of my talent and my time. I hope you do the same for others. You will be surprised at how God will bless you. Mm -hmm. Remember, your blessings don't always come from where you're giving them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was a special man. Do I know how to pick guys or what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was a very, very special man. His dreams were simple just as mine were for him to come home and us to raise our little boy together. But I feel like he's here helping me do that with this journal. With the journal. I do. Now, what made you want to give him, you know, because, you know, uh, for years, I've, mm -hmm. you know, I've kept a journal since I was 15 and have hundreds of journals. And we know a lot of women who keep journals. Mm -hmm. I don't know a lot of men who keep journals. That's exactly why I got it for him. And I actually was in a store looking for a gift for a friend when I saw this, and I thought, maybe he'll jot down a few words to the baby. But men generally don't do this. And so, and I encourage every man to, to do this. He became consumed with it and it just completely took me by surprise. I thought he'd maybe write a few pages. He took it to Iraq with him. Mm -hmm. He told me it was very therapeutic for him to write to Jordan before he slept. Now he'd go out on his missions, come back at night and write well into the night uh, in the journal. And mm -hmm. I, I'm so grateful for this because I don't know how to teach Jordan to be a man. Mm -hmm. Already my little boy is scared of bugs because I'm scared of bugs. So we go to the park and he goes, ah, and I go, ah. And, <laughs> you know. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's see if his father was here, he wouldn't right. be scared of bugs. Right. Yeah, he'd be putting them in your bed. Yes, yes. yeah. So 
now his dad's here through these, his own words to help guide him through life. Well, obviously you wrote a journal for Jordan, but yes. what was the most moving passages for you? What were the most moving passages? The interesting thing is that there are themes that come through in the journal. Yes. And I don't think they were intentional. He writes an awful lot about the power of God in his life and the power of prayer. He writes a lot about his love of military service, and he writes probably more than anything about his respect for women, which I already knew about. But he tells Jordan in the journal in no uncertain terms that he expects him to be a gentleman. And he writes an awful lot about women in the, in the journal. I'm very proud of that. Wow. Thank you, Jaina. Thank you. So I want to say thank you to all of my guests today and to fathers everywhere here in our audience doing the very best you can, whether you're conventional or unconventional. We salute you because we know it's the hardest job on earth. Bye, everybody. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Oprah show, The Podcast. And I thank you for listening. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, Totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of 7th Generation. Find 7th Generation laundry detergent and fresh lavender and other scents at 7thGeneration.com. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.